from Chris Howell Communications. This is Principles for Success, the Chris Howell Podcast. Success is something we all want to attain in the various areas of our lives, but it can be challenging. So in this podcast, Chris aims to have conversations with those who have achieved a level of success and hopes that principles they share will help you to remove the roadblocks and move you to victory, whether it's relationships, business, or any other area of life. Are you ready for success? Here we go. Thank you, Joy. Hello and welcome to episode number 23 of our Principles for Success podcast. I'm Chris Howell and I hope you've had a great week and I really appreciate you taking time out to listen. Now, in this week's episode, I'm talking with Bishop T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes is a world-renowned pastor, number one New York Times bestselling author, film producer, and a successful entrepreneur. Now, this week's episode is from an earlier interview when he released the book Instinct, but the principles are still true today. The one common denominator I found amongst them all is that exceptional people follow their instincts and ordinary people work for them. Hmm. If you follow your instincts, it will lead you down a path that others will want to follow. You may not end up rich, you may not end up famous, but I guarantee you, you will end up further than you were the day you started. This episode is one where you will certainly want to take out pencil and notepad because you are going to get a lot of great notes in this one. It's chock full of principles that, when applied, can help you to achieve success in your life. And be sure to get a copy of his book, Instinct. Now, in it, he outlines how to rediscover your natural aptitudes and reclaim the wisdom of your past experiences. Certainly worth checking out. And I look forward to receiving your email about it. Visit my website, chrishowellonline.com, and shoot me a note. But for now, let's get to it. Bishop, thank you so much for speaking with us. God bless you. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Always a pleasure to just sit and talk with you. Bishop, I've been waiting for this opportunity to talk to you since the beginning of the year. You started this year off with a message of transformation. And since that time, we have literally seen you transform before our eyes. Let me say, you look great. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you, I mean, absolutely amazing. And I was, I have to say, I was looking through Instagram just the other day, I was scrolling through there. And there's this picture of you that comes up, standing downtown Chicago with this red shirt on. Yes. Your arms are folded. I'm like, man, look at the guns on Bishop. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to transform an old man, you know? <laughs> well, you're doing a great job of it, Thank I must you. Say. A lot of sweat equity in there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I really wanted to uh, try to work out and get in shape and and uh, take care of my body a little better as I get older. You know, I should have done it sooner, but better late than never, and yes. I'm glad you noticed it. Yeah. <laughs> so not only have you personally changed, but even in, in terms of your ministry and teaching, you have transformed from not only preaching, we never really heard you hoop, while mm-hmm. you're certainly capable of hooping, mm-hmm. we've never really heard you hoop, but you're moving more toward a teaching phase. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about why that was important for you. Well, you know, I think it's, it's important at this stage and age that I pass on thought and not just fervor, uh, that that I tell you what I think and not just how I feel. Uh, I think that our congregation has developed to the point that they are they are thinkers, they are listeners, and though we are demonstrative by nature, and we will always be demonstrative, that does not minimize the fact that we are also equally intellectual. Yes. And as such, to respect the magnitude of people that are up under my tutelage and leadership, uh, I have to be a person that his spouse's thought worth traveling for. Yes. I've got judges, lawyers, attorneys uh, of all types, uh, doctors, uh, intellectuals, professors that go to this church. Then I've got homeless people and people from shelters that go to this church. And I have to feed the entire flock of God without catering to one over the other. Yeah, yeah. And to support this new style of teaching, 
of course, the stage has been transformed as well. <laughs> right. Let's talk about these LED panels and the things that are taking place on stage. You know, uh, they kind of drug me kicking and screaming into that. I'm a little <laughs> traditional about the stage and the decor, but uh, when I saw what the screens could do, how they will give su such visualization to the text. I thought, oh wow, this is good. And then you're talking to a guy who's a pastor and a film producer. Yes. So it's kind of where those two worlds collide uh -huh. in my screen. They kind of brought a little bit of the film over to church and brought a little bit of the church over to the film industry. And, and the integration of the two ideologies has caused both, both arenas to benefit. Yeah, and that, that's a great segue into my next point. Heaven is for real. No doubt you felt when you partnered with this program that it would be, that with this project, that it would do well. But did you ever think, just within days of this film coming out, there were countless number of people on social media talking about how their faith had been renewed and strengthened as a, as a result of seeing this particular project? It's exactly what our gifts are meant to be used for. Mm -hmm. To uh, be able to go from behind the pulpit into the mainstream audience and present a message in a palatable way proves that it is not the message that is offensive. Many times it is the method that is offensive. And I think that we can present a, a message, a compelling message that makes people rethink their faith without assaulting them in the process. And uh, heaven is for real was beyond my wildest expectations. I thought it would do good, but nothing like what it has done. It's been absolutely amazing. And I think it speaks to the great cast and, and, and the great director that we had and, and, and just Joe Roth being the co-producer with me on this project. And, and, and just the, the infusion of so much talent and skill and good script writing, uh, the film benefited from all of that. Yeah, I mean huge box office success. Let's talk about that success and not only what it does for your team, but how it makes the conversation easier for a lot more other film producers Oof. when they produce films of faith. It is absolutely what you said. It, you help to educate the decision makers in Hollywood that there is a market for positive, family-friendly, faith-based films. Not only for me, but for people coming after me. It's affected television. Uh, when one of us win, we all win. Yes. The deals flow better, the contracts are easier, the doors are open, the budgets increase. There's a business element to this that is very, very important, and if it is done correctly, it changes the game for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Talking about changing the game, I am holding in my hand what you have described to be one of the most important and the most impactful projects you have ever done. That says a lot for someone who has a number of New York Times bestsellers. <laughs> Why do you feel that way about this instinct? Uh, I'm older, I'm wiser, uh, I've drawn some conclusions uh, at the intersection of the opportunities that have been afforded me to sit down with some of the best and the greatest of every industry across the board, whether you're talking about presidents, CEOs, actors, entertainers, athletes, uh, of all types and descriptions, business people from every walk of life globally the one common denominator I found amongst them all is that exceptional people follow their instincts and ordinary people work for them. Hmm. If you follow your instincts, it will lead you down a path that others will want to follow. You may not end up rich, you may not end up famous, but I guarantee you, you will end up further than you were the day you started. Man, as we look at the cover here, we see the elephant here, and certainly they'll come to appreciate it a little bit more once they actually read the book <laughs> than when they learning more about your aha moment. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this aha moment. 
as much as we can share without giving it all away. Well, well, it's no problem. I was on a safari in South Africa with my son. I had been invited over there to speak for some billionaires who perked me a safari as part of my trip over there. And I'm sitting on the Jeep with my son in the back, and I have a zoologist on one side and a Zulu who's sitting on the edge of the Jeep who's got a shotgun to protect us. Mm -hmm. The zoologist can explain all of the most intricate details about the animal, but he couldn't find them. Hmm. The Zulu couldn't explain it, but he said, the elephant is over there. Yeah. He could find it. Yeah. And I thought intelligence can explain it, and we need that, but instinct can find it. And I think we have had enough explaining. We need people who are instinctive who can say the elephant is over there. I believe your next best, your next big thing yes. will be unveiled by your instincts and not just your intellect. That is so profound. And actually, as you, you have been teaching on this for several weeks, and as you've been teaching on this, the audience really seemed to resonate when you make that distinction between your instinct and intellect. Why do you feel that is? I think it is because people have been trying to figure this out for a long time, mm -hmm. and, and, and people have told us if you go to school and you get a d degree, you're going to have a great job and you're going to die with a gold watch from some company somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that may be true, but that great job will be working for somebody who followed their instincts. Yeah. You know, whether uh, you're talking about Ip Apple or Nike or OWN or... Tyler Perry Studios, you, you will end up working for somebody who went out on a limb and followed their instincts, and maybe they'll hire you. Yeah. And you have to decide, do you want to work for them, or do you want to be them? Yeah. Good. Another segue into my next point here. Chapter 6, An Instinctive Sense of Direction. In there, you have a section entitled, Scare Me Again. Yeah. And you go on to describe how it's like a grandparent watching the grandchildren Grandchildren are running around the house making a bunch of noise, and the grandparent is either watching it, reading the newspaper, or perhaps studying or something. And then all of a sudden, there's this silence that comes over the room, mm -hmm. and the grandparent looks up over whatever he or she is reading and connect eyes with the child, and that child is standing on the stairs. Mm -hmm. In this moment of silence, there's the stare, mm -hmm. and then there's boo from the grandparent. Mm -hmm. And the child erupts into, I want to quote you specifically here, and the child screams of glee, erupt from the child's lips like water from an artesian well. <laughs> and then you go on to just explain that this is what many gifted and talented people are waiting on. Our instincts hunger for a task that is equivalent to the scare me again. Unpack that a little bit more. If you've ever done that with your grandchildren or even your children, they run away for a minute and then they come back and try to get your attention because they <laughs> want you to scare them again. Yes. I think we're at our best when we're on the edge. When life has presented a challenge that's intimidating and we're a little bit scared, we're better prepared. And, and I think that our creativity diminishes when the challenges decrease. Mm -hmm. So I wrote Scare Me Again to say, you need to be scared again. You need something to say boo again. Yeah. You know, something to make you study and read and pray and pace the floor and say, I don't know how this is going to work. Oh, gosh, you're at your best when you're on the edge. Yeah. And, and why avoid it when that's the creative spot, that's the sweet spot for instinctive inspiration. Yes. And uh, so I, I wrote that as a catalyst to tell people, don't back away from that. Don't say, you know, success is getting everything neat and calm and quiet. No, that's boredom. 
success is when you've got something in front of you that scares you again and you think, oh, you know, I got to go. <laughs> I got to get ready. That's, you're never at your best. You're never more creative. You're never more insightful. You're never more engaged uh, than when you are a little bit intimidated. I know you've enjoyed this conversation with Bishop Jakes. And again, I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Be sure to leave comments in iTunes. Of course, that helps with the show's ranking. I would also like for you to visit my website, chrishowonline.com, and follow me on all my social media platforms. Let's stay connected. Thanks again for listening. Have a great weekend. Here's Joy with more information. To learn more about Principles for Success and Chris Howell Communications, visit chrishowellonline.com. Once there, access our media archive and find out about the other ways that Chris Howell Communications can inspire, impact, and inform.